Welcome to Vevtapod. On this podcast, we try to spark your curiosity by talking about exciting subjects or interviewing high achievers in the fitness industry. For you to make sense of this, we use a structure of what you need to know, what is nice to know, and principles to apply. I am Tadeus, the head coach of CrossFit Werfte. His name is Andreas, the owner of CrossFit Werfte. And in today's episode, we'll talk about injuries. In this conversation, we'll let you know a thing or two about what an injury is, how you might be able to approach an injury with the same fanatism that you use to approach your training, uh, and what some good things are to consider or good questions are to ask to anybody that might help you recover from an injury. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. We're back um, today. We're having injury as a as a theme. Uh, we're going to to um, talk a bit about the training into to injuries, CrossFit uh, uh, specifically, but also general movement. Um, I am going to be the, the the idiot in the conversation and with uh, Tadeus as my company. Uh, so Tadeus knows a lot more than me about this. So I'm going to try to uh, make more sense out of it for myself. Uh, and hopefully our listeners also will make uh, more sense out of uh, the, the themes we, we talk about. Um, we're going to look into are we safe uh, when, we, when we do CrossFit or should we, we do something else? Um, and we're going to have a high nerdiness factor on this on this podcast so we're going to try to make it inter- interesting for the the semi-nerds also uh, not only the the big nerds um so uh, Tadeus, what is an injury that's a good question right uh, um there's a huge risk of going on a big nerd safari here <laughs> because uh i've been uh, studying human movement and injuries for the past uh, or or for about 10 years in university and then switched to coaching crossfit so I'm kind of in both worlds, right? The, mm. the exercise science and, and medical world or the coaching world. And that for our listeners is very unique in terms of if we transfer to how many other people in the world at the moment who has that both of those backgrounds. It's not many people. Uh, so uh, you have an um, um, interesting background that not a lot of people have. That's also why it's interesting to talk about this with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how many. Hopefully, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I feel like a pretty special unicorn, so maybe that's good for some. <laughs> me too. Uh, you asked me what is an injury, right? Yes. And, and the funny part is, uh, uh, just like CrossFit's definition of fitness, right? Work capacity across broad time and model domains. Mm. That makes sense. Um, for someone, probably yeah, not everyone, yeah. but yes. I went looking for a definition of an injury, and there is not one that really stands out to me no. as a definition of injury that's applicable that's usable in a lot of different settings so uh, i went looking and and there's a few studies uh, uh, being done relating to injuries in crossfit in specific and they use different definitions right one is from a study by huck and they define an injury as an injury sustained during training that prevented the participant from training working or competing in any way and for any period so basically if you're hurt and you can't do your training which might be crossfit you're injured the definition is a bit wrong because if we were apply were to apply this definition to a ball, the definition would be a ball is a ball that you can use to throw and kick and maybe sit on. Like it doesn't tell us what it is. So that's not really workable. Uh, then in 2019, there was another study done by a Dutch guy named Merab, 
Uh, and they talk about a musculoskeletal injury, so an, an injury to your muscles or your skeleton. Right? They're not talking mental injuries now or any nerve injuries. That's outside of the picture. And they say, well, a musculoskeletal injury is any new musculoskeletal pain, feeling, or discomfort as a result of a CrossFit workout that met one of the following criteria. Criteria one, total removal from CrossFit training and other outside routine physical activities for more than one week. Criteria two, modification of normal training activities in duration, intensity, or mode for more than two weeks. And criteria three, any physical complaint severe enough to warrant a visit to a health professional. So instead of saying an injury is an injury, they specify it and they add the domain of time. Does it last more than one week or two weeks? Mm. And they add the severity, right? Is this worrying you so much that you're going to look for help? Which is better. It's a more... Uh, specified definition yeah. but I still don't think it's really workable because if I have to adapt my training less than a week let's say for five days am I then not injured in those five days in that definition you're, you're not yeah <laughs> or right uh, if I don't modify my training for more than two weeks in the first 13 yeah. days that I am modifying my training mm -hmm. Am I then not injured? But do I become injured on day 15? I think most of the people, if they come in on day one and they have to modify something, they feel at least maybe injured. Yeah. Uh, so uh, maybe waiting 13 days will feel different for yeah. some people. So that's another definition. And, mm. and they set this up for the research study, right? But yeah. I don't think they're very applicable in the real world. The best definition I found comes from the ready state, what used to be Mobility Watt by Kelly Starrett, yeah. who's uh, an American physiotherapist. Known uh, in the cross. World. Yeah, yeah, it used to be a box owner, right? He'd he done mm. some uh, good work and, and has a long track record. They say, well, you're injured if you have all three criteria. Criteria one, there's a clear mechanism of injury. In the medical world, we call that a mode of onset, right? How did you get in injured? Mm. Criteria two, uh, pathology occurs. So something is broken or something is torn. And pathology, you can back that up by doing diagnostics, right? By taking a picture or a scan or a lab result. And uh, see if it's something on the picture that's yeah, uh, off. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And criteria number three, you cannot fulfill your role in work, society, or family. So no time domains there, but it's also outside the gym. Yeah. I think this last definition is most applicable in the real world. And, and, and therefore, I like to stick to that framework when we're talking about what is an injury. Well... It's something where we found out how it got there. We can back it up by diagnostics that something is wrong or off mm. and uh, that you cannot fulfill your role in work, life or society. That role can be, I cannot train the way I want to, yeah. but it can also be, I cannot pick up my kid and put him in bed or I cannot go to work because I have a physical job and I cannot bend over at the moment. Yeah, and uh, if, if you then don't know what happened, is it then not an injury? Yeah. Well, I think it's very worthwhile to pick your words wisely because they influence how you think about that problem, whether it's an injury or not, and eventually how you approach it or what you will do with it or to it. So for me, the word injury implies that there's something serious going on or maybe even sinister going on. The word, the word incident or stiffness or a little ache or pain mm. implies that it's not perfect, but that I am perfectly capable of doing something to it or about it myself, right? It puts yeah. you in a proactive mode of thinking. Mm. And I really like that. Yeah. 
because a lot of CrossFit athletes, even if they only train twice a week, approach that training in a quite serious way, right? You might have a daytime job, but you approach training like a professional athlete might do. Yeah. I don't see a lot of people go to a tennis court and then drinking a, a specific drink before they go training, taking care of their food and And nutrition. knuckle, is that what you're trying to refer to? Maybe, or a fit aid or <laughs> yeah. a protein shake or, yeah. or just some plain old water, right? Yeah. But I don't see a lot of those athletes that only do two hours of sports in a week mm. prepare and live and try to do as good as they can during that sporting activity. They're just there to have fun, move around a little bit, and then have a chat with the people they're tennis, playing tennis against. Yeah. But I see... Uh, very black and white, right? I see housewives hmm. uh, showing up with lifters, knee sleeves, a belt, a knocko, uh, uh, taking some C4 pre-workout, yeah. and then making sure they sleep enough to get the most out of their CrossFit training. Yeah. If you're that dedicated to your training and its results, hmm. how about you're equally as dedicated to your health or fitness or injury uh, and uh, uh, what allows you to train and get results from your training? Yeah. So what you're saying is that is that um, instead of focusing that much on only uh, the the uh, the lifters and the knee mm -hmm. sleeves, uh, looking at how much time you use to take care of your body, is that the um, yeah definitely right? Mm. It, you should not spend all your money on fancy toys and not spend any of your time and and attention on what you could get out of training. Yeah. Right? It should mm. be on a similar level, mm. at least. And Otherwise, then, you're missing something. Yes, and then we're, we're also on the topic then of of something we talked about before in this podcast, as I'm going to bring up uh, afterwards also, like being in the in the, the, the long-term game of, of uh, looking into how you move in 10 years instead of uh, what you snatched uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, um, uh, yeah... Doing stuff that's not very um, sexy, for lack of better terms, uh, maybe, oh, like we're going to talk about today, can uh, invest in, in uh, long-term good results. Yeah, sustainability, yeah. right? Uh, you mm. should be moving in 20 years from now and not just be moving today. Yes, and if you're 25 years old and you can't bend down because your knee hurts, we have to work on something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that should be the norm that no. we're striving for. No, no. Uh, okay, um, so um, if we look into to, um, an example of an injury, uh, mm -hmm. if we go there, um, um, we can use my, Mia as an example mm -hmm. uh, in uh, in the terms of uh, I had one, I have not had many injuries, I've done CrossFit for 10 years, um, and the only kind of injury that set me back is my groin. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, hip flexors, hip flexors from doing uh, uh, too much back squats, <laughs> kind of. Could be. Could yeah. be. Uh, yeah. So how can I approach that? Uh, if I'm um, going from from uh, in that that was when I competed in CrossFit. So going from a back squat that was 160 kilo to a back squat that was 90, 80 kilos, and it hurt. Yeah. Uh, so uh, and it was weak. The leg was weak. Like what? What do I do? Yeah. So. Right, uh, following any of the three definitions that we talked about, that would be an injury, right? Mm. Because it limits your training or your training capability. It hurts. Uh, you feel weak, right? All bases are covered there. Yeah. Um, uh, what I would do in your case is first consider, right, what might have happened and do I feel capable of attacking this, of, of working on this to get better by myself or do I need help? 
Yeah. Right. So the funny thing is those definitions of injury came from studies on injuries in CrossFit athletes. The the numbers are quite conflicting. So the first study with a very big and wide definition for what an injury is found an amount of injuries. But the second study narrowed down the definition of what an injury is, which makes me expect we're going to find less. They found more injuries in CrossFit. Yeah. Right. So that's a bit conflicting. And if you say, I've been doing CrossFit for 10 years, and this is one of the injuries I can think of, but I haven't had that many, that's quite a good track record. Mm. To do a sport for 10 years, be competitive in it, so that means pushing and spending mm. quite a few hours there, and only running into a few injuries. Now back to your groin or hip flexor, right? Yes. You used to squat 160, and now you can squat half of that, 80 kilos, mm. with pain in your groin or in your hip flexor. All right, that's limiting you in what you would want to do or like to do. Yeah. Can you train around it by only doing ring rows and uh, uh, sit-ups? Probably you can. Yes, I can. Will that speed up your recovery or improve what you feel in your groin or your hip? No. No. Oh. So... Any trainer, right, with a lot of credentials or with no credentials at all, can help you train around an injury. You mm. can still move and therefore feel good or sweat a little bit or don't gain any weight or get all these beautiful perks out of training. Yes, and also in that terms, uh, a little uh, uh, outside of the side of the safari before mm -hmm. we go back into the case. Also, they're looking into like if if they're growing. Uh, we can like a, a story of uh, it's uh, it's game season. Mm -hmm. uh, Brent Fikowski um, um, heard it is his hip the same same way. Uh, the year he didn't qualify for the games, mm -hmm. uh, and that story was in the way that uh, he didn't qualify. Uh, he heard heard it is growing, so he couldn't train that for or have to avoid that for six months. Instead of kind of. Uh, crying and not doing anything he worked a lot on upper body strength and that was his main w weakness mm -hmm. so when he came back the next year he went on the podium at yeah. the crossfit games so my out of the world there also is if something bad happens you can turn it around and you can make it into okay now i'm going to focus on something else and now i can uh, of course yeah, play with the cards you have at hand i yeah. think it's uh, important in in life mm -hmm. and in training yeah, it absolutely is, right? And this is a great example of using that time when you're injured to, to fill up some other uh, skills that might be lacking yeah. for you. Fitness in. holes or whatever. Yeah. 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 Back, so, back to my case, yeah? Yeah, all right. So mm. any coach or trainer can train around your yeah. injury and that will keep you moving but not uh, help you progress really soon. I use a, a framework of thinking and, and I'll, put a, I'll write this out and we can put it in the show notes, right? So people can follow along. But that framework starts on the top with a personal problem. In your case, that's groin and hip pain while squatting. Yeah. There's two separate lines of reasoning how I go about thinking about an injury like that. The first line of reasoning is logical reasoning. It has to make sense to you, me, your doctor, your aunt, and a judge in court. Yeah. So well, four people have to make sense out of it. Uh, everybody should make sense okay. of it. This is about facts and figures. Yeah. Right. What we're looking for are seven points then in order to recognize a pattern because that's what we all do whether you're a, th a therapist or a doctor or a trainer you're looking for a pattern yep. the movement pattern of squatting is that you start standing tall your hips go back and down mm. we coach people to drive their knees out and then you stand back up yep. right uh, the movement pattern or the injury pattern for groin injuries there's four distinct types of groin injuries that are most common mm. so in my head but that's a therapist's mind I would 
at least consider those four options and mm. maybe do a specific test for it. But now I'm getting too far ahead. Yeah. I'm saying we're doing logical reasoning and we're looking for seven elements of a pattern to recognize. Yeah. We don't have to recognize the full pattern, but at least we're going to try to get close to it. Yeah. Seven elements. Here they come. Number one is epidemiology. That means what sex are you, male, female, or I don't want to talk about it. That and makes a lot more sense than uh, epi something. Yeah. <laughs> And how old are you? Yeah. There are specific injuries that only happen at a young age or at a higher age. Yeah. There are specific injuries that happen way more in women than in guys. Uh, um, so we need to take that into account, right? You're a full-grown human being. You're not going to get a kid's injury. No. Or it's very rare. Yeah. Second uh, uh, aspect there is the mode of onset. That relates back to the definition we had, right? Mm. You only break a leg by a high energetic trauma. Nobody breaks a leg while they're sleeping. No. In bed laying still, right? It's also quite rare to roll your ankle while you are playing chess. Mm. So that needs to make sense. The third aspect of that pattern recognition is the course of your problem or injury over time. So usually when you damage something, it hurts at an instant, mm. but the pain slowly fades a bit over the course of a few days. And it doesn't fully disappear. No. It would be weird if I roll my ankle today and the pain keeps increasing over the next five days. That's a completely different course of action. So that's something to take into consideration. Mm. Then the fourth factor is provocation. What can you do? What posture or position or where can you press or stretch to provocate whatever it is you're feeling to be stiff or more painful? And the fifth one is, what can you do to reduce it, right? Can you ice it? Can you not move it? Does it feel better after 10 minutes of moving? Does it feel better after you stretch it? These are all valuable information pockets for me to recognize a pattern of what's going on. Now, there's two more. Number six is objective signs. And this comes to logical reasoning, what you, me, your doctor, and the judge can see. Mm. If you break your leg and your shin is now at a 90-degree angle, we can all see what is going wrong. Yep. Right. If we watch Rafa Nadal play tennis, he's a left-handed tennis player at the elite level. His left bicep is mucho, mucho bigger than the right one. Mm. We can all see that. It's an objective sign. Yep. Seventh, and that's the hardest one to put into words for people, subjective symptoms. So I feel stiff or I feel tight or my arm feels numb or I feel yep. weaker. And what is weak and what is tight and exactly. what is... Turns out a lot of times that's nothing more than a feeling, right? Yes. If you feel weak, but we strength test the left leg compared to the right one, mm. the difference is not that big. Mm. By the way, they're hardly ever identical, even in people without pain or injury. Yes. So the total information gathering of those seven things, how old are you? What sex are you? What's the mode of onset? What provocates your symptoms? What reduces your symptoms? What is then objective for everybody to see and what's subjective for you to feel? The total sum of that leads to, hmm, this might be injury X or Y or Z, right? If we yeah. talk about your groin injury, ooh, it might be a groin injury related to the adductors, the muscles that are in your groin, which is mm -hmm. the most common. So what do I do? So what do you do? If you cannot figure this out by yourself, you need help. Mm. Who's the easiest to get help from and who is knowledgeable here? That might be your family doctor. That might be your coach. That might be a 
physiotherapist, chiropractor, uh, shaman. I don't care what they do. They need to be knowledgeable and credible in this, yeah. right? In order to help you. And and if you 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 uh, go to the family doctor who's never uh, mm-hmm. ever moved his ho- whole entire life, how would that look? Yeah, so they probably have a hard time relating to you, right? Mm. Uh, um, the total information they collect, these seven parts of a pattern, lead them to consider: Do we need any diagnostics, and what kind of diagnostics do we need? So if we're talking a true pathology, if we're talking a true injury, a broken leg, everybody knows we need an x-ray. Yeah. But maybe if the leg or the toe is not fully broken but just cracked, you're better off having a CT scan. That's why we need the medical knowledge to decide, I think injury X is going on mm. and the diagnostics we need are this test or that uh, picture. Yeah. yeah, because my question also goes to like in the in Norway, it's very normal. If anything is wrong, you go to your family doctor about everything. Yeah, and and if your family doctor is not doesn't understand uh, uh, what um, a, a, a squatting motion should look like, uh, is it then the family doctor you should go to, hmm. or is it somebody else? Yeah, well. D- in any profession, right? For us as coaches, but for family doctors as well, there's really good coaches. That was my there's point. also some really bad coaches. Yes. How do you recognize a bad coach or a bad doctor? Ah, by leaving a meeting feeling, hmm, that wasn't perfect. I'm not saying your family doctor is bad, but I do want him or her to kind of get in your head and relate to what things are that you think are important. So by collecting all that information, they will decide, do we need a test and what, what, what test do we need? A lot of people think, if I just get an MRI scan, we'll find everything, which is not true. We can find a lot of stuff on an MRI scan that has been there for years and has not bothered you. Yeah. Right? Okay. So we're yeah. not only looking at the picture, we're looking at the picture and the story of the patient. Now, whatever test we do, we can then ask the question, how sure are we of our findings? And there are statistical numbers here, right? Or, or a positive likelihood or a negative likelihood mm. from any test. Uh, uh, that if we make an x-ray and we see a broken bone, I'm pretty sure it's a broken bone. Yeah. If we take an MRI scan and I see some inflammation in a tendon, is that new? Is that what is causing your pain or has it been there forever? Yeah. Right. Funny thing is if we take MRIs of people's shoulders and we look at the non-injured site, we often find as many abnormalities or or weird findings as we do in the injured shoulder yeah why is the one hurting and the other one not Hmm, we don't know so collect a pattern do a diagnosis or or do some diagnostics figure out how sure are we and if it's a pathology the problem you have is more important than the person that has it by that i mean if your leg is really broken you need to be in a cost for it to heal doesn't matter if you're a crossfitter or an ultra marathon runner or a chess player. Yeah. But yeah, and my groin, what do I do? Yeah. So your groin, all right, we need to collect the data and then do a diagnosis. Mm. So those four main types of groin injuries that we talked about, there's a few very simple physical tests you can do to uh, discern between them, to decide which one it might be and which one it might not be. Yeah. Concluding there, if it is an adductor-related groin injury, which is the one that occurs the most, right? It's related to your adductors, the muscles in there. The easiest way to treat that would be to train them. And training starts at a basic level and finishes at the level where you would like to train, 160 kilo back squat. 165, of course. 65, sorry, man, to to break your PR now. (laughs) 
Uh, so if you want to get back to that 165 and even PR at 166, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. You need somebody to help you that understands the basic level of how do I start this, and how do I fill in the gap getting back to your old training regimen or PR. Yeah, because I also see like with my growing, I also see a lot of. The normal thing to do is also I'm gonna stay at home because I hurt, and then I'm gonna wait it out, and now it doesn't hurt anymore, and I can start back up again. Yeah. What, what is most efficient? Is that more efficient than than going for help? Right. That might be the case, right? But but the, that depends on the specifics. Hmm. So for these groin injuries, if we, for instance, put an ultrasound or an MRI scan on that adductor, which is injured in our perspective, we oftentimes don't find anything weird. Hmm. But it still hurts. Yes. So that would mean you do not have a pathology because we cannot back up an ad- objective sign. We're only left with subjective symptoms of pain and weakness. Yeah. Maybe the weakness is an objective sign, right? If you're not moving 160 per day. But that's the only thing that's left. Is that enough to say, all right, this is the full pattern? No, it's just a part of it. Yeah. So I said there were two lines of reasoning, starting yeah. in a personal problem, logical reasoning, seven aspects of a pattern. The other line of reasoning is called narrative reasoning. Yeah. That narrative reasoning means it is the story you tell yourself it is what you believe is going on and what you think or believe leads to your what do you feel leads to your emotions but eventually your behavior what you're going to do and an example of that behavior is you rest it for a couple of weeks and then Mm. you start building it up again will that help you probably yeah will it get you back to 160 and 166 as soon as possible maybe not yeah, so what you're saying is... So yeah, that, in that, that line yeah. of narrative reasoning, there's a human interaction. Is your family doctor good at human interaction in a five-minute consult? Or is your coach better suited to do that if he sees you for five hours a week? Mm. Even though he, the, your coach might not, not have the medical background, right? Yeah. The things we should discuss then are called your illness beliefs. So uh, a doctor named Leventhal coined this. There's five themes or five questions you might answer. The first one is about identity. So what is going on? Well, you mentioned that you have a groin injury. What kind of groin injury? That's not in your head yet, but I know that it might be one of four. Yeah. Second thing is, what's causing it? You said, well, I back squatted too much. I interpret that as you back squatted too often or too much weight. Or but I haven't heard you, or both, yeah. Uh, I've seen your legs, 160 is too much. No. <laughs> um, but I haven't heard you say, I did this one squat and then I fell down and the barbell crashed on me, right? Mm. There's not a clear accident, oh. which was in the criteria from TRS, the ready state or mobility want for an injury. Correct. Um, third question you might ask is, all right, what's happening on the timeline? How long has this taken or how long will it take for me mm. to get back? You haven't said anything, but I know from our personal interactions mm. that it took longer than you would like to. Of course. Which is almost always the case with any. Yes. Fourth topic is controllability. Are you in control of what happens? Well, by resting, you take some control. And then by slowly building it up, you take some control. But how do you build it up? Is that just by squatting? Or do you add something to it? Mm. And by adding something, I don't mean working around it, push-ups and pull-ups and sit-ups. I mean addressing that area that hurts or that movement pattern. So what you're saying is that uh, when my groin hurts, doing air squats is... mm, maybe a thing I can do. Like yeah, it's the... something you should at least consider. Yeah. Yeah. And try if nobody's helping you, right? It makes sense, so try it. Yeah, so so in my case then, with my groin, is that uh, 
so so if I start going into the gym and I can do air squat pain free, mm-hmm. even though it's the movement that hurted me, uh, that is something that's going to come, uh, that's going to be valuable for me to do. Probably yes. Yes. Fifth question they have is about curability. Are you able to recover from this, or is this a life sentence? Right. Yeah. My hip is worn out. Yeah, that's kind of gonna stay worn out until you get a Changes. an artificial one, right? Uh-huh. Until you become Robocop. So mm. I don't like the term worn out because even if your cartilage is worn out or not perfect on the images, there's probably still a lot you can do, right? I've worked with people with worn out knees and hips that still qu- squat well over their body weight or, and run marathons. Yep. That is possible. The question becomes, do you still want to or yep. need to do that? So that's something you should narratively talk to uh, 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 with another human being. Yep. And there's one very big factor there, and that is you have to orientate yourself you have to get an idea of if there is any continuous dysregulating stress so i don't mean oh i forgot to write down a a, a loaf of bread on my shopping list and now i didn't bring it that's not stressful enough right we're talking life events is somebody in your uh close circle really unhealthy maybe dying are you in a divorce Mm. did you just burn down your house did you lose all your money is there a worldwide pandemic Uh, uh, is there a lot of pressure on you at work and therefore you're always stressed or not sleeping? Uh, are you yes. depriving yourself of quality sleep or nutrients you might need? That uh, is like a magnifying glass for any type of pain or discomfort. Yeah, so that the, the head is attached to the body. Absolutely. And as a therapist or as a coach, I might not be able to take away that stress, but I am perfectly able to say, hey, Andreas, you might not be in tip-top shape right now. Mm. Do you think you should be on your back squat? Mm. Right. The the simple question: How are you doing? And not oh fine. How are you? No. How are you really doing? Mm. That's a profound yeah. one, right? But you need time and a human connection to get a true answer. There. Yeah. But if we look into my injury, um, if I go, uh, I go to an, uh, somebody that can help me. Mm-hmm. Um, should I move with pain? Should I wait until I'm pain free before moving? The and the, there and the is... definition of what is the definition of, of pain yeah. that we can talk about like uh, what's painful for me is that painful for you yeah what is the balance there with pain and not pain yeah so because in the i know world, because, they, yeah i know they... we have some some science science of of moving with pain per definition mm-hmm. can speed up the recovery time yeah is that true uh, yes uh, but it depends is the full answer yes so in the medical world we like to gauge pain and we do that by asking you can you rate your pain on a scale from zero to ten or zero to twenty one right yeah uh, I think that's a weird thing to do because pain is multidimensional. I have to put into words what I'm feeling. Mm. So, for instance, I never get home and then I scream up the staircase, "Hey, Ani, on a scale from zero to ten, how much do you love me today?" <laughs> You're down at two yeah. points. Uh, maybe if I Didn't did something bad, right? If she says a seven, yeah. she might consider that seven as well, that's, that, nice. that's quite okay. It's mm-hmm. it's more than enough. And I'm like, only a seven? Yeah. I brought flowers and chocolate, and I really yeah yeah. Only a seven, I right? did so everything I could. Pain perception is 100% subjective. It is in you. And if yep, you try to my express point. it in words to somebody else, how they understand it is different than what you mean. Yes, that's what I mean. But so to the should you move in the, in the presence of pain? It depends. Yep. If you have the pathology of a broken leg and it hurts you, mm. I don't think you should load that broken leg before it has healed. No. Nope. If you have a groin injury where we think there's some 
pain originating from the groin muscles, the adductor muscles, we know from trying different approaches that getting it moving is one of the quickest ways to heal. So yep. then, yes, flow. you should mm. move in the presence of pain. Yep. But you should probably not torture yourself so that you're in more pain afterwards. Oh. So if and we, that if thing we you based, mentioned of, yeah. of creating blood flow, we used to think that that is a really important thing, but mm. we're not that sure. No. Nobody's sure about nothing in this world, but uh, but yeah. if, if we're going to make sense out of something, uh, moving creates blood flow, and moving can speed up the process. Yeah, yeah. but use common sense, right? Yes. Uh, uh, if squatting is yeah, really it, painful it, yeah. and riding a bike feels better, I would start by riding the bike. That's my point. So so if my um, if in this case back squat was the case, that hurted, but I can do heavy lunges and it feels completely fine. Go, man. Yes. Go, bananas. Yeah. Uh, yes. Good. Yep. I got my point forward. So you're injured, right? Now what? Well, we often think that science has all the answers to how we should approach this injury. And we do in some distinct cases where there is a pathology with objective signs and it's very easy to recognize the pattern. Yep. But we do not in most other instances. Then it becomes a bit of trial and error, right? I have tried this before and then it worked. Or we have some studies suggesting that this might be well, so now we need help from somebody who has done or who's up to speed on those studies, who yep. knows a thing or two. And yep. that's continuously evolving the body of evidence. So yep. you're never done learning. No. Nope. Right? Uh, so a doctor with 20 years of experience can be a really good doctor unless mm. he, he got a degree and then stopped learning for 20 years. Yeah, Your coach great. can be a very experienced coach, but is he an expertise coach? at this mm. subject. And that's the, the 10,000 hour rule that, that uh, came into uh, liberate practice other than practice. Like yeah. uh, everybody has driven a car for 10,000 hours. Yeah. We're not going to Formula One, even though everybody thinks they could, including yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, but the deliberate practice on the Formula One field for, for uh, 10,000 hours can make you a Formula One driver. Exactly. And, and that's the same yeah, with a doctor and with a coach and with, with everything. Yeah. Uh, it's not about the time, it's about the focus in the time you're using. Mm -hmm. So if you're injured, we're looking for some experience or some expertise to help guide you along the way into yep. the right direction and maybe even the quickest direction, right? If, yeah, you're, because if you're serious yeah. about your sport, we want to get there quick. Because that's my point. Like, if we look into the type of injury that I am, I had, I would say that at one point, the, the groin would be okay again and I could move again. Mm -hmm. But what I'm interesting interested in is that I want to join my 8.45 gang or 6 o'clock gang or, or 4 o'clock gang as quick as possible. Yeah. So I can I get back as quick as, because that's, that's how, what I want. Want to if something gets off, that's boring. I want to go get back on the horse. Yep. So we're then talking less about the groin, but more about you as a person and your role in that eight forty five game. Yes. Right? Your role in the gym or your hour to blow off some steam or yes. your hour get to out escape. Get out of the house. Uh, yeah, uh, the family <laughs> or the work or whatever it is, which is really important. Yeah. Right. Um, if you take training seriously, you should take understanding science seriously as well, yep. and a lot of newbies there think that studies have shown that this treatment option is the best or this mm. product is the best. That's not how science works. Science starts out with a hypothesis, with an ID. So let's say we have a groin injury and we used to treat that by taking six months of rest. That's the normal mode of care. Mm. But now That's a normal answer of a doctor. Yeah. Go home and rest. And now we found this, this great machine in a Globo gym, the Innie and Audi machine, right? You sit in there mm. and then you push your knees out so you open your legs mm. or you turn the pillows and you push your knees in. 
Mm. Right? Uh, apparently, there's a demographic of people that really like to train on the Indy and Audi machine. Yeah. I'm not part of that. But hey, let's say we put you on the Indy and Audi machine on a protocol for, for two months, and then you recover quicker. Does that mean that the Indy and Audi machine is the treatment for all groin injuries? No. It just means that compared to six months of doing nothing, it's better. the Indy and Audi machine might speed up your recovery. Mm. Go and try it. Yep. But if it doesn't speed up your recovery, stop doing it. Mm. Find something else. Right. So science is not about this works. Science is about we know that this is not the best option. Yep. So there's always some experimenting in there. And that experimenting is decided by what your injury is. Is it a pathology? Yes or no. Who you are and what do you think is important or fun to do. So if we tell a CrossFitter, you got to spend 12 weeks on the Indy and Audi machine, he's like, hell no. I'd rather do yes. push-ups and sit-ups for 12 weeks with the 845 gang and work my way around it. Yes. Fine. Good solution for you. Yes. But it might take you longer before you're squatting 165. Mm. And I, yeah. That's and I, part of the conclusion. Yes. So if we look at treating an injury, oftentimes we are not sure, but you should experiment with something that fits you. And if we look at how do injuries occur or what should I stop doing in order to get it back again? The, the judges are still out, right? Science is not conclusive there. Okay. So to give you an example, there are plenty of studies showing you that if you sleep less than seven hours a night, the chance of you getting injured becomes a lot bigger. Yes, but, but if I we feel look, fine when I sleep five hours. Yeah, but if we look at a, a meta-analysis, right? Piling all the scientific studies we've done together, there's a study done in 2021. I'll link it in the show notes. Uh, that shows, well, we're not that sure. Mm. I don't think we, they don't think you can uh, include a loss of sleep as the only risk factor mm. for getting an injury. And there's some conflicting evidence going on. I feel better when I sleep enough compared to when I sleep too little. So I'm still going to be on the, on the safe side and try mm. to get enough sleep. But it's probably not the only, only. single factor no. influencing injury. It's just like saying uh, if you uh, eat nutritious food, you're healthy for life. Yeah. It's not one answer to, to he healthiness. Nope. And it's not one answer to nothing. Yeah. Uh, another big risk factor for injuries is overuse, right? So mm. doing more than you can handle or doing it more often or with higher loads or higher speed or at ranges of motion that you're not prepared for. Mm. That's it. I've not done before. Yeah. That's fun, but then start off by being a beginner and doing a general program, mm. and slowly make it more specific. Yes, and I have an example there on on uh, when we when I did a lot of weightlifting training in in Bergen and did a specific weightlifting uh, class. Um, also, there the weightlifting coach, which which uh, had won the Norwegian Championship eight times in a row, mm -hmm. started making us doing deadlifts where we kind of got the barbell underneath our uh, elbow. So mm -hmm. you had to do the deadlift with the worst form in the world. Yeah. And the beginning, you're like, Deadlifts what? or squats? Deadlifts. So you're putting it up from the ground with a bad, bad, bad back. Wow. Yeah. And then you're like, but we know we are supposed to have a straight back. We mm -hmm. never learned this. Yeah. And the, the answer was that, okay, if you're going to catch a clean, the heaviest clean that you ever got, and then you're going, your back is going out of the nice straight back that you always trained. Hmm. Your back is not used to being in an, another way than the straight line. So he's introducing some variety to your training. Yes, and of yeah. course it was a, in a safe loading, 
mm-hmm. and not and not uh, in a crazy loading, but mm-hmm. but but uh, training other stuff than the typical thing that we do can also yeah. be uh, out of value. Yeah. Uh, but we're getting into something else, Tadeus. Uh, anything else before we put out some principles uh, for the listeners to summar- summarize? Well, I think a great summary for you as a athlete or as a, a patient if you get injured and every is, person is an athlete is yeah <laughs> is to stick to three solid questions right if you're in pain and you need help ask whoever is helping you what's going on yeah what's the diagnosis and find someone you trust yeah yeah and if you want to dig a little deeper there question 1b becomes what's going on how sure are you of this mm. is it just a guess do we have something to back it up right yeah Question number two is, all right, so if this thing is going on, you have a groin injury, what treatment options do we have? Mm. Do I rest? Do I get in a training program? Do you manipulate my lower back, right? Uh, uh, Do you uh, uh, get some colorful tape? Do we get some suction cups? Do we uh, uh, prick some needles? And that's oftentimes you have to ask that question and think outside of the box, Mm. literally in figuratively not just inside the CrossFit box, but if you ask your family doctor what treatment options are there, it's not just about what can that family doctor do, what can other medical providers do than the family doctor, mm-hmm. right? He is the 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 center of the, uh, or he's the hub in the wheel with all the spokes. He can refer you out to anybody that is knowledgeable on this base. Yep. Right. So what's going on? How sure are you? Number two, what treatment options are available? And then decision number three, your question number three, which of these treatment options suits me as an individual, as a person with preferences and things I think are important at this time? Mm. So if so you had a groin make, injury... It has to make sense for you. Yes. If you had a groin injury for one week, mm. you might go for the rest and see what happens. But mm. if you have the same groin injury for a year, you're like, we're going to get it done right now. Yep. And uh, the, the summary for me also in terms of injury and my um, background as a coach is... I think it's important to get back into the gym mm-hmm. in terms of moving also in another direction for the mental side. Yeah, so for you as a complete person. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, to just get some moving in, to get some sweat in, to, to kind of don't lose that rhythm because we all know if you get out of it, the, f- the longer you, you wait, the harder it is to get back. Uh, I think prioritizing thing that you feel is fun is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so being injured is not fun. So if you compensate at least with doing stuff, if you like bicep curls, go at it. <laughs> if you like something else, do whatever you think is fun uh, uh, that that you still can do. Uh, I talked about the Brent Fikowski, uh example. Like, do, find something else to have a goal about. Do mm-hmm. that if that's possible. Uh, and I also think it's impos- very important to to get moving uh, quickly. Mm-hmm. Sitting home, looking at the wall is is killing me. Uh, and uh, find someone you trust uh, that can help you. Yeah, and then if you ask them those three questions, what's Mm. going on, what treatment options are available, what should I do, this person, this moment right now, you set yourself up for success. Yes, and if you're close to Tadeus, I would ask him. (laughs) Maybe, right? (laughs) Not me. uh, uh, Yeah, you don't have to ask me. Find somebody that can Mm. help you. If you find somebody that is shit sure of everything, you should probably question it. Yes, I would find somebody else. A good coach or a good healthcare provider says, I don't know. I'm not so sure. Yes. Those are the ones to look for. Good stuff. Okay. I think so. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Nerd Safari.